Welcome to the Soul to Earth podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Koss, a psychic, energy healer, and spiritual mentor. My intention with this podcast is to walk alongside you on your spiritual path, supporting you in accessing your innate spiritual gifts in an authentic and down-to-earth way, making the supernatural more natural. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first podcast episode for 2022 of the Soul to Earth podcast. I'm so excited to be with all of you today. I've taken a little bit of time off, like most of you have, to spend time with my family and hang out and just have some downtime around the holidays, which was very much needed after a pretty busy 2021. And without too much further delay, I'm really excited about this episode. I have been really drawn to this astrologer, probably for over a year, a friend of mine who has worked with her as a mentor, Ren Brightman, who she herself is asked actually an astrogeographer. And she told me about Haley. And so we are going to be interviewing on the podcast Haley Comet. And Haley is an astrologer from San Diego, California, and she refers to herself as a transpersonal astrologer. And I'm going to let her do the explanation of how she came to be known as a transpersonal astrologer, but also her approach, which I think is an extremely authentic approach to astrology a well-versed, and also the modality that she adopts, or rather the system of astrology is the Placidus system. And so I asked her about that and, and how that differs from other modalities of astrology. And so she goes into this, but she's just an incredible person. We had a ton of fun. And she also gave us her predictions for 2022, the things we have to look out for, the things we're going to be challenged with, and some of the energy that we're going to have at our um, disposal. Also, she does talk about what she's offering and what's coming up for her this year. She's got some an incredible course that she's launching, and uh, she's going to explain all of that to you. So look forward to this, and all of the information is going to be in the show notes, including how you can get a hold of this incredible woman and uh, either book a reading with her or take a course with her. So without further ado, here's the interview. Oh. Haley Comet. I love that you have this title of transpersonal astrologer, and there's so much to that. And tell us, well, first of all, we have, we want to get to know every part of you, but how did you come to identifying as a transpersonal astrologer? And then hello and welcome. By the way. Yes, thank you so <laughs> much for having me. I'm so excited to be on today. So in terms of my, myself identifying as a transpersonal astrologer, something that blocked me from really diving deeper into astrology was this feeling of fatalism. So there's a branch of astrology called fatalistic astrology, which is essentially your chart is your chart. And that's 
all that you'll be and that's all that you're limited to and the more negative or challenging components of your chart are boxing you in essentially like that was how it was dictated to me in my first astrology reading which for me as someone who does believe in free will and in growth and in identifying certain components of where we can be limiting ourselves or boxing ourselves in it didn't put me in a great just headspace to feel like i was just this victims this cruel cosmos and this could was all i could be so when i found transpersonal astrology it's a branch of astrology that's essentially this is your chart and yes this describes your personality your challenges your expertise your gifts in this lifetime but you can also use it as growth like not using you know your chart as well i'm a pisces sun so i'm always going to you know play the victim or i have mars square pluto so i'm always going to deal with anger i don't believe we should use this tool to write ourselves off so the school of transpersonal astrology is essentially using your chart and using it to grow and realizing we do have free will to manifest our chart in the most beautiful high vibrational way possible so that was essentially how i arrived to that terminology <laughs> oh i love that and that to me matches so much about what i sense about you so that's exciting so let's get right into it my questions okay so first of all i have to give props because how i found you is by my friend who is named Ren Brightman, and she's an astrogeographist, I want to say. She does astrogeography, which is a whole nother amazing rabbit hole. We'll have it. So she adores you and spoke so highly of you. So I was so excited to connect with you. So first of all, let's just go right to it. Your name. Now, I want to know everything about your parents. I want to know everything about your name. And I, tell me everything. Haley Comet. Yes. So my name was going to be Shelby <laughs> and I was born at the peak of the full moon. So I stayed in the womb later because I was just waiting for that big finale. Because truthfully, if you look at my birth chart, the full moon that night peaked at 611. I was born at 611. Like it was the peak of the full moon. I came out. So, you know, my mom just felt like there was something to that. Um, and she's not someone who's necessarily like, you know, into astrology or anything like that, but she did feel like, okay, this is kind of weird. Cause you know, the midwives <laughs> are like, okay, there's this full moon happening. It's all happening. So they chose Haley as like sort of a nod to the comet. It is spelt differently than the comet. And that story, even just having that birth story imprinted into me around you're born during, you know, the full moon and you were named after a comet. It, it's so strange when I just look back to, you know, my journey and I just really feel this enormous sense of awe and gratitude because it picked me. That's truly what I believe that astrology picked me at such a young age. Like I was six years old, interested in astrology, cutting out the horoscopes from the newspaper to bring to school. My friends and I, we made a magazine and I was in charge of the astrology section when I was eight. Like this has been something <laughs> that I've been interested in at such a young age. And I feel really blessed. Like I don't even know what made me want to go into it, but I just knew that just having that imprinted into my birth story, I was just like, there's gotta be something to that. Why was I born during a full moon? Why did I come out at that particular moment? Why did I stay two weeks so I wasn't Aquarius and came during Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel so, so lucky that it found me so young. It's incredible. 
I really, I mean, I absolutely, I, I can't get enough. I just absolutely love that. You definitely had specifics as a soul coming into this incarnation, didn't you? Yeah. You're like, this is the age of Aquarius, yo. I'm not messing around and clear the way. There's no disputing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I mean, everybody just has to clear the, clear the way. Okay. So tell us more about that. Like, so going from when you're a kid, I love that you're cutting out the horoscopes. That is just, just so telling, but then how did you then, I know you started when you were like 16. So tell us about the journey. And then of course, you know, moving into college and then all the things you've done. Tell us about that. Yes. So I started like in elementary school, middle school, I was more so kind of just into sun sign astrology. I knew about my full chart, but in terms of telling other people, it was just like sun sign was just like fun with my friend group. Oh, you're a Leo. I didn't start seriously studying until high school. And I've just been someone where I have (laughs) a very... I don't know how to describe it. I guess I could say obsessive mind, Pluto in the third, if anyone's listening to this, uh, Pluto in the third house. I have a very obsessive mind when, when something grabs my attention, it's just like this bottomless pit. And in terms of school, I, I really enjoyed school. I really enjoyed the process of learning, but there was still space within my brain for these like I don't know, obsession <laughs> topics. Yeah. Basically in high school, I started diving deeper. Um, I got certified online, which was a cool experience. And so I got certified before I got a high school diploma. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. That is so then, unique. So unique. So specific. I love it. I didn't know. I mean, I knew from, you know, the people who were teaching these courses and the information that I was seeking online and the books that I was reading, I knew people were astrologers, but it felt like this thing that was very not possible. I didn't know. I was just like, oh, this is my fun hobby. Like, this isn't going to be anything different. Let's just keep my overactive brain busy so it doesn't go in other directions. But um, in the, so I went to college and I... I always say I like majored in my major and then I minored in astrology because I, you know, I lived in this house with like all of these girls and I would constantly be doing everyone's charts. I would be like trading. I'll do your chart. If you give me like (laughs) money for beer, money for food. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) It's bartering. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I bartered. I didn't think of it. And like everyone would come to me like, Haley, I'm going on this date. Can you look at his chart? Like I was the wacky astrologer girl, but I didn't think of it in terms of a career opportunity. And then um, upon graduation, turns out I did, I did not like my major, but that's fine. Um, I was yeah. up where I was like, let me just, let me just graduate. But then I did get into a role that I really did enjoy in marketing. So I was working nine to five and then I started just getting more and more comfortable um, teaching like astrology classes and I started to realize oh my gosh daily common astrology on the side and then I just feel really blessed that I was able to jump to full-time that's amazing Uh, cut out we're so lucky that it wasn't a good fit for you in your marketing job (laughs) but maybe that helped in some ways isn't it amazing I know I'm sure you've looked back and said well I got the tools I needed to help my business right amazing percent And my mom told me that one time because she's had all of these strange jobs, but like now she's found her dream job and she pulls in all of these aspects of all of the different jobs that she's had. And I feel the same way. Like everything 
has prepared me for the next step. Even moments where I'm like, I don't know, we're in, in that time of being a nine to five. I mean, it's, it was exhausting. Like I would do chart readings in the morning, then I would do wow. them at night. So it was like, I was just, you know, eat, breathing to get the kid off the ground. But I loved that job. I loved every step of my journey. Like even just being a barista gave me like interpersonal skills that I use in astrology, like everything factors in the big picture. So if anyone's listening and they're in a stage in their journey where they're just feeling frustrated and they feel like it's not adding to the big picture, just sort of look around and see what you can learn in this particular chapter. It will not last forever. It's leading you to where you need to go, but be willing to open your eyes and look at what it's teaching you. <laughs> that is such great advice. Don't you feel like there? you must come into contact with so many of your clients and students who are in transition wanting to do the, the, the dream that they want to do as a job and a career and create something possibly. But I love that you're skimming that because I think a lot of people skip over that and forget that of what's right around them. So that's amazing advice. So I want to ask you, first of all, tell us about the, and I'm maybe not pronouncing this right, the Placidus system. And then I know you, you talked a little bit about what you chose. Tell us about why you chose that particular, and tell us what it is too, of astrology, yes. the classicist. Yeah, of course. Yes, an awesome pronunciation. A lot of people call it Placidus. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> beautiful. Right. Uh, so yeah, so there's basically a, a bunch of different ways that you can set up a chart. And it's a house system. So and essentially in Placidus, like your rising sign, what that means is it's just the sector of the sky that was rising in the east at the moment that you were born. So the moment that you incarnated here, that was the sector of sky that was rising in the east. So it sets up the chart from there. That starts your first house, so on and so forth. So in Placidus, they take the degree. So let's say at the time of my birth, 10 degrees Virgo was rising in the east. It basically snapshots at 10 degrees and then starts the first house. The other well-known house system is called whole sign house. And what that would mean is that basically it would just take Virgo and set the first house and then put the 10 degrees in the middle. And wow. yeah, so then basically every house in your chart would be ruled by one sign. Whereas in Placidus, if my first house started at 10 degrees Virgo, I could have maybe nine degrees of Libra also in the first house. So I will admit that Placidus does make things more challenging at times. Like whole sign is pretty easy because you know, if there's a full moon in cancer coming up, you know, it's going to be in a certain house without checking the degrees. Placidus, you have to be very particular about what degree it's in because your house can have multiple signs in it. And mm -hmm. I really, I'm not one to ever, 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 you know, um, dismiss anyone else's practice. I really encourage anyone I meet with, I'm like, look at both, see which one resonates <laughs> for you. I'm a Placidus astrologer because that was what I learned. That was what my mentor practiced. But also more importantly, it's where I feel the strongest connection to my own chart. Whole sign, I just haven't felt that. And that's the biggest thing. And like, that's what I do as an astrologer is help people connect to their chart and to their blueprint and to feel empowered by it and inspired by it. So I just felt like if I, if I conveyed in a house system that I'd even personally resonate, it wouldn't be true to myself, but I think there's tons of validity to whole sign system. I've just found in my experience by transits and by 
birth charts, I found Placidus has a little bit. So that's important for anyone who wants to seek astrology services or learn from astrologer is to make sure that they're teaching the house system that you utilize. It's not the biggest deal, but it just sort of helps. I can imagine exactly why you gravitated towards that. I mean, this, I would say the nuances and the specificities, especially how we come in and the things we're learning and experiencing, I could see, I could totally understand why you're gravitating towards that and why that, why many people would resonate with that, you know, as wanting to understand the nuances and the details. I think that's fantastic. So, all right. The other thing I want to ask you about is the positive psychology certification you have and integrate. How has that come into your uh, business and how, how in your mindset and how you share with clients? How does that work? Yes. So I absolutely love positive psychology. I think it's such an interesting facet. So essentially what I was running into, like I mentioned, you know, when I was, how old was I? I was 21 doing astrology readings in the morning and at night and then at my nine to five day to day. I was fine. I was running into this consistent problem where I would just dump all this astrological stuff on people and then just be like, okay, good luck with that. You know, like I had all the astrological knowledge and so much of it is so technical. It is such a deep study. Like we derive all of this information from, you know, techniques and strategies. Like it's not like we pull this out of nowhere. So it's so technical technical base that at that phase in my journey, I just basically was rattling off all this info. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was able to empower people with that info. And I was like, okay, this is not (laughs) doing what I truly want to do. So I just, I noticed that I was lacking the framework to be able to empower people and not like in a positive poly, like, oh, it's all going to be okay way, but in a genuine way around reframing their connection to their chart and feeling empowered by it. So I was, I didn't know what exactly certification I wanted to get, but once I started diving into positive psychology, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a great tool because essentially what it's assisted me with is the ability to I keep saying this word, but empower individuals on the insights that come up as well as convey, because if anyone isn't aware, positive psychology is essentially the, you know, psychology of how we can promote our own well-being, because that's truly what most of us are after. And when we uh-huh. go to college, we really want to know what we can promote our own well-being. And it's not dismissing the negatives of, you know, of astrology and of life but rather giving individuals the framework to reframe that because I was just noticing, like I, I would tell people, oh, you have the Saturn transit coming up and that that can feel scary to people and they can feel right. scared and afraid of life. Whereas if I sort of reframed it in the positive psychology framework with some of like the strategies that they had conveyed within that program, people felt more ready and empowered and it became less of me just rattling off the you know, the technicalities, which people don't necessarily want to know about. And it turned into me genuinely conveying, like blending astrology with real life to generally convey, okay, this is what's happening. Here's how you can promote your own well-being during it. This is how you can, you know, promote your own grit and resilience and so on and so forth. So it really just 
met my astrology knowledge halfway and being able to convey the information in a way that was empowering and promoted well-being. <laughs> I love that. I think that's so fantastic because it is, after all, you are really giving them the deepest glimpse into who they are. And then what is coming up? The challenges, like you said, they might need and having a tool, a set of tools that helps them is, I think, completely empowering. And I would, again, just speaks to your level of professionalism and integrity and the work you're doing. So kudos to you. That's fantastic. Okay. So something I really want to know about is how astrology can be beneficial for self-discovery, healing, and also as a map for one's soul. I would love to know that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think that is like the juiciest part of astrology. It's the coolest thing. So <laughs> your relationship with your chart will change because your birth chart is your blueprint and it is your past. It is your present and it is your future. So there are certain elements, like I mentioned, I'm a transpersonal astrology. So I do believe there are certain elements of our chart that we may not resonate with as much. Like when I first got into my study, I was really hyper fixated on certain components of my chart. And it's like, now I look at them and I'm like, ah, that's not running my life in the same way. There's certain parts of your chart that you resonate with now that you're really working with now that you're really butting into that side of yourself over and over again. And there are certain elements of your chart that you'll look at and you'll be like, huh, like I haven't really dove into that or I haven't really activated that part of my personality. So it's this blueprint for your past, your present, your future. And your relationship with your chart will change like there will be times when you're like, oh, I have the worst chart ever. This is so challenging. Or times you're like, oh my gosh, this is such a blessing. I feel so grateful. But the biggest thing that I've noticed that it's healing in, in it, because if anyone were to, you know, look at my chart and I'm not special, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenging charts out there, but my chart is like objectively, astrologically speaking, very challenging. And there was, when I viewed it in that framework, I was like, oh, these are all of the reasons why I'm not enough. These are all of the reasons why I feel this way and why I struggle. But once I reframed it and thought of it more so as like a work of art rather than a diagnostic of what was wrong with me, I started my genuine path of healing because you wouldn't go to a museum and go up to a beautiful painting and say, oh my gosh, that's, that's bad. And that's bad. I mean, maybe some people would, but you would just take it in as the whole piece of art that it is. And art isn't perfect, you know? And I think our birth chart is similar to that. And that, yes, there's going to be squares. There's going to be challenging placements. There's going to be all of these things. But once I started to sort of sink into this feeling around, this is the chart that I chose <laughs> to yeah. extent, and this is all setting me up to be the person that I'm meant to be and to give in the way that I can give. So I stopped reframing in terms of, okay, this is all I, I am. And I started reframing as, as like, okay, this is my potential. How can I activate this to the best of my ability? So in terms of you coming to terms with your own self-discovery, I feel that generally interacting with your chart really provides this beautiful journey into really contemplating how these themes come to life within your chart, how you, you know, can activate certain energies of your chart and also just heal this energy of feeling like, why am I this way? And to realize, okay, I am this way <laughs> and I can grow, yeah. sure, but I'm going to admire that this part of my personality or this part of my chart is setting me up for my journey going forth. So I think that's one of the most 
beautiful ways of engaging with our chart is to, you know, heal how harsh we can be on ourselves, or even just that self-hate because a lot of people can use their astrology chart for that. But the development comes when you can still see the parts of your chart that might be challenging, but realize, but that's going to set me up for what I'm here to do. So I think it's a absolutely map. For I that. love that approach. I, I think that's fantastic. I know that just reminds me of so many times when you hear people who, who are newbies, obviously, or don't know much about astrology, and then they fixate on aspects and then box people in, in their own mm-hmm. consciousness, you know, which yes. is unfortunate. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I also feel like, isn't it interesting too, right? Um, the ascension of your sign, right? So, um, and when you get more in tune, like you said, and you, and you grab onto the, these positive aspects and then integrate it into, I mean, I think it's fascinating. I love watching the developed, the developed, developed chart. I think it's Absolutely. just totally fascinating. Yes. Cause whenever you hear someone say, ah, oh, I'll never date a Gemini again or screaming yeah. for people. It's like, we all have lower vibrations of a sign or we can use it to the highest vibration. And like, no sign is all good or all bad. It's just potential. It's just an archetype for us to grow and evolve into. Yeah. So I think it's a, you know, it's when you <laughs> shut down an entire sign, it's like, maybe your experiences with that sign weren't great, but we all have the propensity to grow into the most high vibrational Gemini or Scorpio. So I think that's important. Absolutely. I love, I love your uh, perspective on that. Okay. So I have this interesting, and I'm sure you've done this as a professional now um, with people talking about the difference between what I call micro astrology, my own world and astrology, and then the macro, which is what's happening to our planets and how our planet is ascending. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was going to ask you about because a lot of people, much more so, I know for me, especially being in the spiritual community, that a lot of people are saying, well, what's happening? It's more than Mercury retrograde right now. It's mm-hmm. like, what is happening with the lion's gate? And mm-hmm. what does it mean when we're, we're connected to the Pleiades star system and there's a portal open? Mm-hmm. How do you share this with people? I mean, this is such a big question, I guess, because it's taking it from just your own personal astrology to how the world is affected by all these things. And what's your take on that? If, if that makes, if that's a clear question. It totally is. Yeah. And I think it's a great question because I think that sort of verbiage and conversation has been very, very popular in the spiritual communities as late. And when component that I hold very deeply for myself. And again, I'm not making anyone wrong. I think everyone should study what it is that resonates for them. Um, A component that I swore I would stick to is just making sure that what I taught was based on the foundations of traditional astrology. So in that, I derive a lot of my information from the source text. Like I it's a time-honored tradition. So I try not to, I, I utilize some modern aspects. Like I do utilize Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, like the planets that were discovered later. But in terms of the core components of astrology, I study traditional. So in terms of like Lionsgate and things of the like, so it's not referenced in traditional astrology. I'm not making it wrong or anything like that, but no, no. Like yeah. what I teach. Yeah. And interestingly, Lionsgate, I was doing some research because everyone was talking yeah. about and it was first I guess the first mention of it was in the 90s and of course we're always ascending at any point but um yeah just in terms of like my astrology framework I just 
you know, I, I base off the that components of it. So with the terms of like how we are evolving as a collective, it's really beautiful when you, and I'm sure you encounter this in your work as well, when mm-hmm. you connect with all of these people and you just notice all of these themes and like all of this thread that's like linking person to person where it's like, okay, yes, we're on certain journeys. One person might be having a Saturn transit and Neptune, but a lot of people are grappling with similar things, um, which is fascinating or mirroring certain things that you're grappling with. And there are certain transits that are ongoing that are more so speaking to what's happening to all of us collectively. Like, for example, you know, with Uranus and Taurus, that's more so a transit that lasts for eight years. And it's not so much, I mean, until it crosses a personal planet of yours, it's not so much like, okay, I'm channeling its energy, Uranus and Taurus. It's more so like collectively, Uranus is unpredictability, novelty, ups and downs. And that's, in, that's imparting its energy into the archetype of Taurus, which is money, which is food. So it's like an eight year energy where those themes can be very up and down. And I think we've noticed that just like in the financial markets and in things of that nature. So those outer planets, they're also called the generational planets. They are more so speaking towards how we are all evolving and shifting. Like we had that big Jupiter conjunct Saturn um, aspect. It happens every 20 years, but this one started a new cycle where they'll meet up in air signs. So it occurred in December of 2020 and they met up in Aquarius and now they're going to meet up in air signs for you know the next couple of, or like I think it's like a hundred years or so where they've met up in earth signs so it's like moving into a new paradigm so there are a lot of planetary events that are signaling how we are evolving as human beings and how we are you know ushering into the next <laughs> the next paradigm but in terms of the portals and stuff by practice I just haven't dove into that too deeply. Right. I, I like the, the logic of that. <laughs> it resonates for me just because I feel like there, there is a lot of misinformation out there. And, um, for people who probably haven't studied astrology really, but grabbed onto one thing. And it's not that there's anything necessarily wrong or it's not a judgmental thing. It's like, but is this truly coming from astrology and from what is happening on our planets or is this just a windfall of you know popular popular sort of new age you know thought about certain things I just think it can get it can take us away from our own experience and open us up to to things that aren't necessarily you know (laughs) happening and so I think it's I always like to bring it down to earth that's why this podcast is called soul to earth so I love, I, I love your perspective I know I love your perspective I love your perspective okay okay friends so let's talk about 2022 I'd love to know what you're what we can look forward to and also what we should be aware of um and just whatever you want however you want to lay this out for us I'm excited oh me and this kind of ties into what we were just talking about like obviously it doesn't come from a place of doubting or disbelief or anything of the nature, but I am going to convey that in 2022, discernment is going to be so important, especially from spiritual communities, spiritual practitioners, anything alike. And I'll tell you why that is. So 
a lot of you may know that Jupiter, the planet of growth, optimism, has recently entered its domicile of Pisces, which means it's very, very cozy. It loves being in Pisces, so it's able to spur out more blessings, accelerating our manifestations. It's a very happy, cozy Jupiter. And we're also having that Jupiter meeting up with Neptune, who is the planet of higher vibration, spirituality. They're con conjoining, and they're both sort of these spiritual, expansive energies. They're conjoining in the month of April. And this is going to be April 2022. And this is going to be amazing for the following reasons. And then there's some reasons that you need to be mindful of. The following reasons is intuitions are going to be accelerating. They're meeting up in the sign Pisces, which Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. It's the bridge between earth and the astral plane or the ethers. And so during this influence, a lot of people can notice their synchronicities like really speeding up. Like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about that. Oh my gosh. I just was trying to, you know, manifest a free coffee. And then you came up and had one, like it's going to quicken. And for, I don't mean to scare anyone, but for good and for bad, like if you're, you know, putting a lot of your energy into, oh gosh, I hope I don't get a parking ticket. I hope I don't get a parking ticket. I hope it's accelerating our internal sort of spiritual world quite a bit with the two. And I think it's going to create a lot of awakening in people who are not necessarily as spiritual. I think spirituality is going to go through, <laughs> I mean, it's already pretty mainstream, but even more so with this sort of connection, I think it's going to be a heyday for pop culture and art and fashion. I think it's going to be very inspired time with it meeting up with Pisces. However, <laughs> on the downside of that, I do feel like with this energy, it just feels like, especially with the two together, it sort of feels like false profit <laughs> energy. Uh -huh. In terms of, you know, just with the two, there's going to be this influx of spiritual energy. And I just would encourage anyone who is seeking services from a spiritual practitioner is following someone on social media. If they try to tell you to put all of your trust into them as human beings, in my opinion, I don't believe that's a true spiritual practitioner. Like they're always going to bring it back to you and empowering you in terms of your intuition because there feels to be this rush of intuitive psychic energy and I just don't want people to put obviously it's beautiful to seek services and allow people to guide your path but rather than just like worshiping these like false prophets or feeling like you are my only link to the divine like in my yeah. opinion I believe anyone who practices in this should bring the power and the connection back to yourself rather than being like oh, I'm the only way that you can connect to that. So I think there's going to be a rush of that. I think there's going to be a rush of like spiritual scammy energy. Yeah. Um, so it's just so important to be to like have discernment, know that your intuition can be so active during this time. So like, obviously seek guides who will support you on your mission, seek individuals who are, you know, have expertise in the areas of spirituality that you are not, but just remember that it's your spiritual journey that everyone is just human beings. Um, you know, we all have a connection to our intuition and just be super, super mindful around spiritual scams and things of the like. And, and like we were talking about earlier in terms of all of these like portals and all of these things, like a lot of it is derived, like for example, Lionsgate is when, you know, the sun is conjoining Regulus, which is a fixed star, like obviously Pleiades, like these are astrological components, but I think we just need to have a lot of discernment in terms of 
what it is that we are following because a lot of a lot of this information can be utilized in order to get clicks and to get attention. Yep. Like, Look, another portal is opening. He's coming yeah. back or she's coming back or whatever it is. So you just yep. have discernment. Um, just ensure that check in with yourself in terms of who you're following and who you're seeking services from. Definitely move into the spiritual energy of the transit, but just remember that you and your own intuition is your best guide. So that occurs in April. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> that is actually, I, I was like, I, I feel like that's, we've been crescendoing into that. Is mm -hmm. that true? Because I feel like that's the lesson here. And I know personally that everything I'm doing with my work is so that people can have access to their own intuition. <laughs> and that's like everything. That's my entire focus with my work is like getting in right in and listening and and removing that which doesn't it tells you otherwise yes so so important this has been a theme i totally agree with the crescendo just because neptune has been in pisces and mm -hmm. with neptune in pisces like i mentioned neptune is the higher vibration in modern astrology it's posited that neptune is the modern astrologer or rather the modern ruler of pisces so we have you know, Neptune, which is technically in modern astrology, comfy in Pisces, we have Jupiter in Pisces. So Neptune's been in Pisces for a long time. So in Neptune, while it's, it's inspired, it's spiritual, it's also this energy around rose-colored glasses, and it's like a smoke screen, it's sort of um, elusive. Mm -hmm. So with Neptune and Pisces, we've noticed a significant boom in terms of spiritual topics becoming more mainstream. Like, it is so cool to me, like, it genuinely is so cool, because just the response of what I'm doing now versus when I was doing this, like obviously people were interested, but now it's like you go on Netflix and there's like recommendations for your sun sign or that might've been HBO. Like astrology is so popular now, which is amazing. But right. I just feel like with anything integrated into the mainstream, you just need to be mindful of who it is that you are, you know, following or engaging with, um, just to ensure that, you know, it's, it's, sound like soul centered or whatever. Cause I'm not saying that, you know, everyone should follow me. Like, I'm not saying that all just have discernment with who it is that you are engaging with just with this rise of Neptune being in Pisces, this rise of spirituality. So definitely crescendo energy in terms of that, that's been building for sure. Fantastic. So what about the rest of our year, Haley? Yeah. So that's the more beautiful, shimmery, sparkly energy, um, the more challenging energy so, um, the United States, have you heard about the Pluto return at all? Have you heard? Anybody? I don't think I have. I okay. Haven't. So, um, I don't know if a lot of your audience is based in the United States, but I'll just quickly mention that, um, the United States where I'm based essentially as a country, we have not had our Pluto return. And what that means is that at the time the country was founded, Pluto was in Capricorn at a particular degree. And now Pluto, that's how slow Pluto moves. Pluto has finally made an entire trip around the sky and returned to that same degree. And it exacts February 22nd, 2022. So a lot of twos. Whoa, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I don't mean to say that you're going to like wake up on that day and everything's going to be intense, which I'll get into the themes in a moment because we're already in it. Pluto moves so slow that we're really just a couple degrees away from that exacting. So we're already in the thick of it. 
But some themes is that if you look in history of other countries having their Pluto return, because the United States is, you know, in comparison, pretty young as a country, essentially there's themes around power struggles, around um, certain sort of, you know, like like dynasties falling. Uh, it's it's sort of Pluto's the planet of power. It's the planet of like darker underbelly of the psyche. It's the planet of rebirth and transformation. So Pluto return, it's sort of this review energy from when the country was founded upon, and it's hitting the second house of the United States natal chart. So it's basically this review around, okay, what is it that United States as a country is built upon? And it's sort of exposing that. It has financial undertones because it is in the second house of money and finances and also value. So it's almost like, what is this country built upon? What are the values of this country? Like who has the power? How can we you know, shift the power? Things like that. So I don't convey that in order to scare anyone. I do believe with Pluto return, it's, it's like a deep guttural change. So I think we're already seeing a lot of it just with what's happening in the economy and with the labor force and like all of these things, we're already seeing these themes come up. So I don't want you to, you know, February 22nd is like two days or no, three days before my birthday. So I don't want anyone to think on the <laughs> second you're gonna wake up and everything. Yeah, yeah. We're already feeling this energy, but it does exact. So we can feel some more of those themes, but if you're having any, I, and I never want to convey this information to scare any, anyone, but if you are having like anxiety or nervousness leading up to it, just keep in mind, you know, change and transformation is needed. And, you know, this particular country was built upon a lot of sort of like evil themes that sort of need to be exposed mm -hmm. in Pluto return like energy. And so that's happening in February. And then we also have this dance between Saturn and Uranus, which has been taking place in 2021. 2022 sort of accelerates it because Uranus will meet up with the North Node, which is in Taurus, which means the eclipses will also be conjoined Uranus and then squaring Saturn. So with that particular dance, again, no fear, I'm going to end this with the, with the positives, but uh, <laughs> with this particular transit, there is this energy around Uranus is unpredictability, rebellion, change, and there is this energy around um, change, a certain energy around disruption, but it's like disruption with the square to Saturn as a result of pressure or restriction. So I do feel like things are going to be still a little bit odd, but if anyone feels nervous receiving that information, just remember like, you know, change is needed. You chose to come here at this particular time right. to us through and to just like, with North Node and Taurus, truly the best thing you can do as you move through this year is just anchor into what is real within your world. Like what you can touch, like your body, food, water, like a roof over your head, because with South Node in Scorpio, basically that's what we're collectively getting or meant to release or let go of. With South Node Scorpio, it's sort of this energy around shedding and, and no shade to Scorpios. This is just it as archetype shedding fear, paranoia, like going into tunnel spirals, because it does feel like news or things can feel really unstable. Um, yes. But with North Node Taurus, Taurus is what we can touch. It's what we can taste. It's what's real within our world. So yeah. you know, if you're reading the news and you're just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? What is going on? Just remember to anchor into your physical environment, like give gratitude, you know, for having 
a roof over your head, anchoring to what's real in your life, the love that's real within your life, you know, the food, like just having gratitude for those things and anchoring into the present moment. Because with Uranus, it's different than Pluto. Pluto is like deep guttural rebirth and change. Uranus is just like sudden, unexpected things. So just know if there is something you know sudden that happens, anchoring to what's real, cultivate that energy of stability. It is a six year in numerology. Um, so anchor into you know home, family, what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel secure, what you can touch, what you can feel, physical connection. Um, and this too shall pass. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. This, this is so much more than I even expected, just how you just beautifully illustrated that, because that is um, you know, such sage advice for people on all levels of the process and what an absolute treasure you are. I mean, really what I, what a gift. I mean, that, that is such a, well, I'm a little bit of a, you know, a nerd in that sense. I love that. I love all the work that you've done to put into your craft and into your, what you do for a living. And it really shows, obviously mm -hmm. you're a very tenured, um, uh, wise even though you're young you know astrologer and we're so lucky to have you so now how can people from let's see what do you have going on this year what are your offerings give me some information and yes. do you have um classes and also you do readings you do everything so tell us all about that yes so all of my offerings are available at haleycometastrology.com and it's Haley without it's just h-a-l-e-y Mm -hmm. um, and so in terms of 2022, I offer readings via Zoom, via phone call, and I'm usually I book out for about, let's see, like it's January 2022 at the time of filming this and I'm booking for May. So there is a little bit of a wait for that. And I, I, I apologize. It, <laughs> it drives me crazy too, but I just want to ensure like my, that's another lesson I learned as being an astrologer is just, and I'm sure you've learned this too, like yeah. not doing too many reading. Like, it's just so important for your energetic maintenance. Like I've just realized my max is meeting with eight people a week. So I'm so sorry that there is a way if you do want to um, meet with me, I'm so sorry, but a good way to cut the line, so to speak, is I do offer recorded reading. So it's all of the information that you would get if you're someone, cause I'm very introverted, which is why you know, consultations, I have to max them out at a certain amount. Um, I appreciate that you take care yeah. of your energy that way. I really do. I yes. Do. It's so important. I learned that. And so with recorded readings, um, if you are someone who's also maybe introverted and you just want all the information and don't necessarily want a dialogue, you can still send questions, things of the like. I do have recorded re readings available and typically the turnaround for that is about two weeks. So that is a way if you are an assistant, if you need assistance earlier and I do all sorts of readings from birth charts to transits, which is basically the energy that's activated in your chart at the time being, I do family charts, which takes into account all the members of the family, the common themes that are presenting itself throughout couples readings, career readings, all sorts of, of fun offerings. So all of that is available via recording and via um, consultations, although there will be a little wait on the consultations. And then I'm super, super excited. And actually you're the first 
person I've told this. So this yay. is exciting. yay. Yeah. Um, so I'm launching a course. So it'll be March 8th, 2022. And I think it's, I'm so excited. I've been working on this for about two years. And um, what it is, is it's called self-care astrology. So it'll be located at selfcareastrology.com. And it's essentially if anything that I've shared has resonated with you in terms of using your chart, not as a box to keep you limited, but more so as an instruction manual of how to generally care for yourself, generally heal what makes you you know, feel insecure and genuinely activate your potential. This is a great course for you because it both empowers you with the technicalities of astrology, as well as how to translate it to your soul and to understand, okay, this is the portion of where I derive my confidence and how I can activate that mindfully. This is the portion of my chart that governs how I feel nurtured and soothed. So it's both an astrological course, as well as there's a lot of soul-centered prompts, because as I've mentioned, diving into your chart can create a lot of insights and anxieties and all of these things. So it's basically like this loving container that takes you through the exploration, both empowering you with the technicalities, as well as giving you framework and journal prompts and workbooks and meditations. So you can really let this information sink in an empowering way. So I'm so excited. It's recorded, but in the first round of it, I will be doing weekly gatherings for those who can make it just because it's the first time I'm launching it. So I want to ensure that feedback's really cool. And as part of that, you get a chart reading from me. And you also, I should also mention, you also get empowered with the tools of how you can give readings in an empowering way, just based on like what I've basically <laughs> studied my whole life. So I am so excited. It's truly a project that has come from the deepest parts of my <laughs> soul and my heart. And I'm so excited to share it. So March 8th is when it launched. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. I'm going to tell everybody about it. So just to let you guys know, all this information will be in the show notes. And listen, Haley, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, this has been, first of all, so informative. And also, I'm just so happy to meet you. You're such a beautiful soul. And you're, what you're offering is such sage and wise advice for these difficult times, challenging times we're living in, but bringing all that light. And also, customization of really understanding one's self and one's potential and yeah. being a co-creator with the universe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a delight. And I'm so grateful we got to connect. And yes. before we log off, I'm just curious, what yes. is your big three? I don't know if I know that. Okay. My, okay. I'm a Libra. Okay. I'm on the 25th, but I have a Scorpio rising and a Sag moon. Ooh, I always on. wonder about that it being in a journey line. I mean, I, you know, like it just is that journey line. I thought I, that, I should ask her, that must mean something when you have, they all kind of, cause I, I, the one thing I've heard about astrology, the thing is that the sign ahead of you is mm -hmm. sometimes your teacher. So mm -hmm. I always thought that was an interesting sort of thing that I set up for myself. It wasn't oh quite, God. you know? Yes. Because oftentimes when we have you know, placements like that, a journey line where it's like they're in consecutive order, you know, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius. Typically that will occur with, you know, Mercury, Venus, or Mars, because I mean, Mars less so, but Mercury and Venus travel very close to the sun. So typically if your sun's in Libra, your Mercury might be in Scorpio, you know, your Venus might be in, in Virgo, they all kind of fall in consecutive order because they all kind of travel together. Yeah, yours. And I am of the belief that we did pick our, our charts, but yours is all placements that didn't necessarily 
need to fall that way. Like rising, you have the potential to, if you were born any time of day during your birthday, you would have a potential to be a different rising. It changes every two hours and moon changes every two to three days. So it's like almost to your soul level, you wanted to understand the, you know, acceleration from Libra to Scorpio to Sagittarius. Cause I think every sign builds on the prior, like Libra is obviously an archetype that's about engaging one-to-one contacts, learning about oneself through interpersonal connections. And then Scorpio is about really the deep <laughs> intimacy part of like merging with someone else, learning how to, you know, destroy and rebuild certain parts of ourselves to create, you know, to create our own strength truly. And then Sagittarius comes right after that. Cause it's almost like the light at the end of the tunnel, like Scorpio is about doing that deep inner work. Right. And then Sagittarius is about seeing the darker parts of the human experience, but choosing to see the light and not in a way that's dismissing it. But like with Sagittarius, it's like genuinely choosing to see the positives, genuinely choosing to expand because with your Scorpio energy, you, you understand like the deeper, darker components, but you choose to focus on the light because maybe seeing that dark makes you even more apt to seek out the light. So that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I was like, thank you for asking me. Okay. So this is what I know about you. I know you're a Pisces sun. So tell me what is your rising and your moon? Yes. So I'm a Virgo moon and Virgo rising. So very, very, (laughs) so very Virgo, which is why when we were talking about Placidus um I was like yeah of course I like Placidus I'm all about the details <laughs> oh my god about- I love yeah. it can I just tell you a little something I'm gonna look at my husband's chart I have been married to my my sweet husband for 22 years and mm. let me tell you what is he he's a Pisces <gasps> and what else is his moon I was rising his rising Virgo no way I'm, just, I'm not joking let me just check for shits and giggles i will say oh what is what god. is his okay what is his oh my god you guys have all these things in common okay sun and pisces uh-huh. well his moon is in aries and i will okay. attest to the moon is in aries because it's like <laughs> what but so yeah so he's pisces his his rising is virgo and wow. his moon's in aries his uh which is i so which is why I'm sure I resonate with your detail. Yeah. Um, because again, but the authenticity of what, where you're coming from is just so appealing to me. Um, mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. So yes. Logical Libra. Logical oh Libra. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> well, listen, I already love you and thank you so much. I'm excited for everybody to that who hasn't known you will now know you in this, my little camp. And I would love to have you on maybe in um, another six months and just see where the heck are we? What's, I what's, would love how, that. Did we, how did we do? Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I love it. And I hope you have an amazing week and I will see you in the ethers. I'm sure <laughs> it's not out there. All right. Lo- thank you so much. And we'll speak soon. Yay. Thank you. I just love that Haley comment. I wanted to let all of you know about a few upcoming offerings that I have, which will be occurring later this month, January, 2022. I'm going to be launching my course, the Akashic way, which is learning to become your own Oracle reading the Akashic records. This will be launching on January 26th, and the doors will be closing February 1st. This will be my beta launch of this course. And so there's going to be a lot of interaction and mentorship that's going to come from me within this course, which just makes it really special. And I 
couldn't be more delighted with the way things are shaping up as far as the content goes. You can look for that on my website, carriecost.com, or here in the show notes. So look forward to that. <laughs> 